You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. and think there must be more than this to life are you looking for more joy freedom and purpose in your life this is living a courageous authentic life with your host jennifer monahan many of us may be focused on getting ahead and achieving our goals but we may soon realize that something is missing jennifer was there and now she's here to help you reclaim your personal power find joy and realize your full potential now, please welcome the host of Living a Courageously Authentic Life, Jennifer Monahan. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. Today, we're going to be talking about shamanism and whether or not shamanism, which is an ancient practice, has a role in today's society. And if it does have a role, what is that role and how can it be used? So give me a call with your questions or thoughts at 866-451-1451. Starting off, we'll just talk a little bit about what shamanism is for those folks who uh, are not familiar. So there is a lot of confusion about shamanism. Uh, It's something that's been having a bit of a revival in our society in the United States, and we hear we hear the term shaman more and more frequently than perhaps we have in the past. Uh, my mom lives in Connecticut, and her um, local community college actually has courses on shamanism, so it's becoming much more mainstream. But but what is it actually? Well, let me start off by saying shamanism is not a religion. Um, it is actually the world's oldest healing modality. It has been found uh, in cultures all over the world. And while it's impossible to tell how old shamanism is, uh, estimates are that it's over 10,000 years old. And what a shaman does is a shaman works to help heal the soul. Uh, Each indigenous society in the world uh, has a different name for their shaman. Um, Some call them shamans, some call them medicine men or women or healers or witch doctors. But at the end of the day, they all do the same thing. A shaman will work with the spirit world to help bring about spiritual healing of an individual or a community. Because shamans work at the spirit level, the healing of the spiritual body can bring about healing at the other levels of the body, the physical, mental, and emotional levels of the body. Although there's no guarantee that that, in fact, will happen, uh, oftentimes when the spirit is healed, uh, these other bodies can heal as well. 
When a shaman does a healing ceremony, they enter into an altered state of reality. Um, And this is one of the things with the rise in popularity of shamanism, you hear a lot about Ayavasca ceremonies, which is a, a plant that can bring about altered states of consciousness and visions and whatnot. Most shamans do not use drugs when they are doing a healing ceremony. Uh, And they do that for a very important reason. And that is that they need to be in full control as they're doing their healing work. Depending on where they're traveling to through their shamanic journey, they may need to uh, organize different things. They may need to protect themselves from negative forces and influences. So most shamans will use rhythmic drumming, sometimes dancing, in order to enter that altered state of uh, reality. When they do enter that altered state, they travel to the spirit world. And what's really interesting is that every single indigenous culture in the world has identified three different worlds that the shaman can work in. Uh, and they've done this independently from one another, which lends more credi- even more credibility to the practice of shamanism. And the three worlds are called the upper, middle, and lower worlds. Um, and most cultures actually illustrate these three worlds through uh, a tree or the tree of life. So In Guatemala, which is where I am right now, the tree of life is the Seba tree, and it is sacred to the Mayans down here. Uh, The branches, trunk, and root represents the upper, middle, and lower worlds, respectively. Uh, In Ireland, you'll see the Celtic tree of life, and they viewed it as a link between the heavens and the earth. Um, And you see it as a symbol very much alive and well in Ireland. Uh, It's in jewelry, it's in paintings, etc., Native Americans have their version of the tree of life, as do tribes in Latin and South America and Africa. And if you go back and you look at ancient civilizations, such as Egypt and Iran, they had their versions of the tree of life. What's really interesting is nearly every single major religion in the world also has a version of tree of life in it. So Christianity and Judaism have the tree of life, which is distinct from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, uh, which was in the Garden of Eden. Hindus have the Banyan tree. Buddhists have the Bodhi tree. Islam has the tree of immortality. So this idea of the tree and it serving as a link between heaven and earth is found in every culture and um, pretty much every ancient civilization in the world. As I mentioned, uh, the Mayans have the Seba tree, and the branches represent the upper world. The trunk represents the middle world, and the roots represent the lower world. Uh, And what are these worlds? So the upper world is how most people view or imagine heaven to be. It is a, it's filled with clouds, wispy clouds, and mostly filled with, ascended masters, angels, ancestors, human, predominantly human forms of people or beings who have passed. Uh, All of the beings in the upper world are coming from a place of love and are here to help us. So it is a very safe place for a shaman to work in. Uh, And often a shaman will have relationships with several of the helping spirits up there that will come and, and join them on the journey. The lower world, uh, I tell people, is not hell. Uh, The lower world is actually a nature-based world, and that world is filled with beautiful things. Think what we have on our planet Earth and then amp it up a little bit further. So there's flowers and trees and water and mountains and oceans and lakes and crystals and animals and um, 
beautiful fields and meadows and all of that. There's also a whole host of fantastic beings that we hear about in tales, such as fairies and gnomes and unicorns. These exist in the lower world. And like the upper world, the lower world is one that is filled with helping, loving spirits. So it too is a very safe place for a shaman to work. They can go down there, um, work with the animal and, and spirits of the trees and everything when they're doing their shamanic work. In fact, when a shaman does a power animal retrieval, that's where they get the power animal from, is from the lower world. The third world, the middle world, um, is actually aligned with the world that we live in today. It's the alternate reality of our world today. Uh, and in this middle world, there are some helping spirits. Uh, and then, quite frankly, there are some spirits that are not helpful and may actually be harmful to a shaman doing a shamanic journey. Um, the spirits in the, the middle world can include ancestors. So in the Native American tradition, we hear a lot and learn a lot about how when an ancestor passes, they resolve to stay and help the continuation of their tribe. Um, and so those helping spirits are, are in the middle world. Um, and I say helping, but they may in fact not be helping depending on who you are and what you're trying to do. If you're trying to help their tribe, then they will be right there with you. If you're doing something that could um, injure or cause problems for the tribe, they're not going to want to help you. So. Uh, ancestors can live in the middle world, um, as well as uh, some not-so-nice uh, spirits. When a shaman works in the middle world, it's very important for the shaman to have protection, and they'll bring uh, their guides and their, their helpers with them. They'll maybe merge with a guide or merge with a power animal to work in this world. So that's a real quick overview of what shamanism is. Um, when a shaman goes and does their shamanic journey, what they're doing is, again, they, they enter that altered state of consciousness. They travel to one or more of these worlds to help bring about healing. Uh, and the type of work that they do can include things like energy scans, uh, extractions of negative energy. They can do soul retrievals, divination. They can do power animal retrievals, ceremony, all of these different activities all designed to help bring about healing for the individual or the community. One thing that's really interesting uh, when you do a shamanic journey is that often more than one of these things comes into play. And I'll share some examples today during the show of some journeys that I've done and how um, working with somebody, how different aspects of what was needed for healing at that time came forward. So we talk about this idea of healing the soul or the spirit. What does that mean exactly? Well, when we are born, uh, we are, our soul is complete. It is whole and complete, and it's directly connected to source, to pure love. And there is no, um, there's no in injury or illness or disease at the spirit level. Uh, I like to compare our energy or spirit or soul body to that of a new car. So it's on the lot. It's beautiful, right? It has that new car smell. It's shiny and sparkly, and everything is great uh, about this new car. But then as we start driving the car, and we get a little dirt on it, or maybe a pebble comes up on the road and it causes a little ding, or we have a minor fender bender, or we have a major one where part of the bumper falls off. 
Um, similar to a car, as we go through life, we get dirt and dings in our daily living. Maybe, maybe we're at work and somebody makes a comment that's kind of negative and, and it, it bothers us and we kind of carry that negative comment with us through life. Or maybe we have an angry exchange with a, another driver and, uh, and we, again, we're holding on to that anger. So when we hold on to these experiences uh, that are not positive, or when we stay in a victim mode, um, we are like a, a fender on a car that needs repairs. Uh, a really big major life event or a trauma, which trauma can vary by individuals. Sometimes a trauma can be, um, for one person, a small child, for example, can be looking at a um, at a, uh, a thunder and lightning storm and being afraid, but for an adult, it might be being held up at gunpoint, but those can actually result in part of the soul leaving. So similar to having a part of the car just completely fall off. So we're gonna talk a little bit more about the type of work that a shaman does when we come back. Give us a call with your questions or thoughts at 866-451-1451, and we will be right back. Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe Tashandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C. Ms. Poulard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jennifer Monaghan. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. You're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and today we're talking about shamanism and does it have a role in today's society, and if so, what is that role and how can it help us? Uh, before we went on the break, we were talking about how our soul um, starts off being uh, pure and whole and healthy and light-filled, and then as we go through life, 
little things as we go through life start to chip away at the the clarity of of our light and um, even in some cases actually take away part of our life. So, for example, if we have a major life event or a trauma uh, and what defined as trauma can vary by individual, part of our soul could actually leave. So I actually had that happen to me uh, when I had my accident. Um, I wasn't feeling myself afterwards, and I worked with another shaman uh, to have her do some healing work on me. And she came back and she told me that two pieces of my soul had left as a result of the accident. One piece left just before impact with the minivan, and I tell people that was the smart part of me, Um, and that piece of my soul left, Uh, and then right after impact, uh, another piece of my soul left. So working with the shaman, uh, she actually went and found those two pieces and then reintegrated them into my body so that my soul was filled and whole because the reality is that nature does not like a vacuum. And if there is a hole in our being, um, that it will get filled with something, whether that is getting filled with love and light or something more negative, uh, that could harm us. So how does a shaman go about and fix these things? There's a number of different, uh, modalities that a shaman will bring forward when they do a shamanic session. First off, they'll do an energy scan, and the energy scan really is looking at the energy of the spirit body to see if there's any blockages or areas that need help uh, in clearing those those places. So think of this with the analogy of the cars, places where perhaps there's a little dirt that needs to be cleaned out or a clump of something that uh, that is just preventing our our energy from flowing naturally through the body. So this energy scan will help clear that. And then the extractions of those uh, remove the blockages. Um, It can also remove any energy that shouldn't be there. So for example, uh, one thing that we do as humans is we may take on the energy of another person. So um, for example, we may um, we may take on the problems and the anguish and uh, the fear or the victim mentality of someone that we love, and we're doing it because we think we're helping them, we're commiserating with them, uh, we're trying to quote feel their pain, and we are actually doing that because we're taking that energy into us. Well, that energy obviously is not very helpful to our being, so. A shaman will help us remove that energy so that we are whole. And actually, when we're whole, then we're better able to help somebody who's going through a tough time. When we remove uh, an energy blockage, one of the key things that a shaman will do will fill those holes up with love and light. Again, nature does not like to have a vacuum, and it's much better to have any um, holes or gaps that we have in our energy field, in our soul, in our spirit filled with love and light so that we're as strong as we possibly can be. I mentioned before that I had two pieces of my soul leave when I had my accident. Soul retrievals are another very common thing that a shaman will do. Um, They go out and they search and they look for and bring back pieces of of the soul that is left. Um, One way to know if part of your soul has left is if you don't quite feel like yourself um, or maybe you're depressed or or anxious or or having a mix of those kind of feelings. When we're feeling off, when we're not feeling ourselves, it may be because a piece of our soul has left. Uh, When a soul leaves, it can go to any of the three worlds. It can go to the upper, middle, or lower world. Um, 
and the shaman will work to find that piece of the soul, um, heal that piece of the soul if healing needs to occur on that piece of the soul and reintegrate it back into the body of the client so that that piece of soul is fully back in with the client. What I've found when doing soul retrieval work is that pretty much every time that a piece of the soul does come back to the body, it comes back with a gift or a message for the person um, to help them in their in their life and to help them uh, either heal from the trauma that caused the soul to leave or move forward as strongly as possible uh, as a result of the trauma. Divination, I mentioned before, is another thing that a shaman will do. Basically, this is gathering information or insight for a particular question. So uh, many different ways that shamans do this, and it varies by shaman and their preference. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll share more about divination. Uh, In the meantime, if you have any questions or thoughts, give me a call at 866-451-1451. Thanks. Stay tuned. For over 50 years, Evelyn Stapula has been a loving advocate for people with disabilities throughout the state of Pennsylvania. President and founder of Big Heart Bridges, her organization actively campaigns for legislation and support of civil liberties that meet the needs of disabled individuals with housing, transportation, and employment. Ms. Stapula has joined forces with a variety of esteemed organizations that advocate for the disabled. She serves on the board of the United Cerebral Palsy of Pittsburgh and the Governor's Cabinet and Advisory Committee for People with Disabilities, and she is a consultant for the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Her many efforts have led to the implementation of a transportation program for the disabled with the Access Paratransit System of Allegheny County. Evelyn Stapoulis drives daily to serve the interests of the disabled, to protect their freedoms, and enable them to live normal public lifestyles. To learn more, please call 412-491-2605 or email Evelyn at ers92645 at verizon.net. Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. Welcome back. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And today we're talking about shamanism and the role it has in today's society. Uh, Just before the break, we were talking about some of the tools and capabilities and and things that a shaman can do. We were talking about divination uh, and, and this idea of gathering information or insights for a particular question that a person may have. So some will... Some shamans will look into objects of glass and get visions from the the glass. Some will toss small items such as stones to get the information. And some will travel to the spirit world, which is what I do, and ask the question of their guides. 
Another thing that shamans do is they bring back power animals. A, a power animal is a spirit animal who can help you on your journey and usually brings gifts with you, with it um, that will help you move forward. So we may have one power animal that stays with us throughout our entire life. We may have uh, multiple power animals that come in at different times, depending on what it is that we are working through and, and, and learning from during our life. Uh, we may have a combination of that. So a power animal may be permanent or it may come in for a temporary time period. Um, and then the last thing that a shaman will do is ceremony. And these ceremonies are marking life transitions, whether it's birth or coming of age, marriage, death, and other life events. They may do ceremony to bring together a community around a common need or issue. So last year I was in Chura Rancho, which is a, a village in Guatemala, and they have an annual ceremony that the entire town takes part in uh, where they are praying for water. And they start off by expressing gratitude for the many gifts that they've received. Uh, but then the entire ceremony is about asking for water so that they have crops and that their crops can grow and they will be fed and safe and secure. So all of these different things, whether it's energy scans, extractions, soul retrieval, divination, power animal ceremony, all of these things are, are capabilities that a shaman brings. And depending on the needs of a particular client, a shaman may use one, two, or even all of them uh, to help bring about healing. So that's great, right? There's all these wonderful things that shamans do. And obviously you can see how shamanism was used centuries and centuries ago uh, to help people heal. But the big question is, can something that old still be relevant today? Can the, the things that a shaman has done uh, back again, centuries or millennium ago, uh, back when our society was not as connected, back when we didn't have the knowledge of science and technology, uh, back when our world was much smaller and we didn't go places and we weren't exposed to as many things, is shamanism still relevant? I personally believe that shamanism is not only relevant today, but it's actually more needed today than it has been in the past. Uh, and here's why. So thousands of year, years ago, uh, people tended to be more connected to themselves and to the world around them. They were more grounded. They were more aware of the cycles of the moon and the sun and the seasons. They were aware of nature and the impact of nature on their physical well-being and on their mental and spiritual and emotional well-being. Uh, they tended to be outside more, and the community was very interdependent. The shaman was an integral part of that community, uh, was also very connected, and would work with the people in his or her community to not only heal them, but to help them on their journey in life. So the shaman was their, I'm, I'm going to use the word guide or at least a touch point, maybe that's a better way to say it, a touch point that helps somebody as they navigated through life and as they grew up and got married or partnered with somebody and had a family and, and dealt with loss and death and everything. The shaman was right there next to that person. In our world today, we've lost this type of connection. We no longer seem to have it, or at least we don't have it as strongly as we used to. So you, you walk down the street of any 
any town or big city. And what do you see? You see people walking down the street. They're looking down at their phones. They're texting maybe or reading something. They won't make eye contact with the people they're walking by and half the time end up walking into something. Uh, There's no connection as they're walking down the street. Uh, We spend hours in front of our laptops and our tablets and our TVs uh, rather than being in movement in nature. Um, in the U.S., I can say for a fact that many people have lost touch with nature. We may pause for a moment and watch a sunset or admire a, a beautiful scene as we're, we're going by it, but really immersing ourselves in nature is something that not all of us have the gift of time or ability in order to do. Um, we've lost touch with the chain of people, the community of people that bring us the food and the goods and even the services sometimes that we purchase and use. Um, I've mentioned I've built a house down here in Guatemala. And one thing that really amazed me as I went through the building process here is that I have met the people who have made every single item in my home. So I met the man who made the windows. I met the man who made the kitchen cabinets. I met the man who did the ironwork. I met the man who built the stairs and built the house. Uh, there are a few people I didn't meet, so I don't meet the guy who made the cinder blocks, but I know the people personally who actually put the cinder blocks together to build the walls. And so when I go into my house, I can see how my house is connected to the entire community. And that's something that we've lost touch with. Uh, in other parts of the world. So as a result of all of this, we've really become a much more impersonal, isolated and disconnected society. And I'm not saying this to diss or badmouth technology because I think technology does some wonderful things. It can open the door for communication and connection. Um, But the flip side is it can actually close that down as well. So we're we're much more isolated in, in, in large cities, you may never even actually have to leave your apartment. So when I had my accident and was stuck in my apartment because I couldn't physically leave, uh, I discovered that I could have anything in the world I wanted actually delivered to me. Food, sure. Groceries, of course. Uh, Laundry services, uh, prescription drug refills, you name it. It could be at my door within 30 minutes or less. So, um, Of course, I'm grateful for that, but you can also see how some of these wonderful services can continue to have us live in a world where we're disconnected uh, and almost checked out of society. What does all of this do? Well, as a result of this lack of connection with one another, we have increased levels of depression, anxiety. There's a whole host of different health issues that have been shown to be a result of being disconnected from one another. Um, We're seeing more anger, violence, and irritation as well. And that also comes from being disconnected. So we're going to take another quick break here. Uh, Feel free to give me a call at 866-451-1451. Share your thoughts on what's going on in society today and shamanism. Uh, We'll be right back. Do you battle with weight loss? There is a solution. Founder of Weight No More Consulting, Deborah Simons, can help you lose weight safely and effectively through weight loss surgery. I know. I had the surgery two years ago, and I am 135 pounds lighter and medication-free. This full-service weight loss center caters to your every need as you navigate to a healthy weight following surgery. Servicing all of Canada, Weight No More Consulting takes pride in its compassionate care and guides you through each step before and after surgery. 
Starting with informational meetings, Wait No More Consulting educates each potential client before they decide to have surgery on the health risks of obesity and the various weight loss surgeries available. After surgery, Wait No More Consulting provides a solid support system with ongoing meetings to ensure continued success. Deborah Simons and Wait No More Consulting are committed to promoting your health and wellness through maintaining a healthy weight for life. WikiWags brings harmony back into your home for male dogs and their owners. Inventor and entrepreneur Linda Jangula has created the disposable doggy diaper wraps made with the male dog in mind. The built-in wicking ability prevents rashing and other potential health issues for your dog. Each wrap comes in four sizes and has dual reattachable magic tabs for easy adjustments. And each size has a 7-inch logo strip for adjustability so they are comfortable and easy to use. No more fuss, just leave the mess to us. Whether you're in or out, your dog will be free to run about. Stop cleaning and start enjoying your home, and you can even leave your dog alone. To order your WikiWags, visit wikiwags.com, or to find out where to buy WikiWags in your town, visit mywikiwags.com and start enjoying having man's best friend around. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. And today we're talking about shamanism and the role it has in today's society. Um, just before the break, we were talking about the fact that people were disconnected. And as a result, uh, we're seeing increased levels of depression and anxiety and violence and irritation. Um, the other thing we're seeing are many new types of diseases that have really never been seen before. So I have a client, for example, who was diagnosed by a very reputable hospital in the in the United States as being allergic to water. Water cannot touch her skin. If it touches her skin, she breaks out into hives and a rash and is in pain for days. So she's just one of a handful of people in the world who have this disorder. And there's a number of factors that could cause it, right? We can look at the um, the quality of our food and, the, and the, the chemicals we have on our food. Uh, but we can also look at our, the status of our spirit and our soul and say, what role does that play in that type of a situation? The bottom line is what I'm seeing as a shaman is that our souls are crying out for healing. They're crying out for connection and they want connection both with themselves, right? Because we can feel extremely disconnected from ourselves, but then also within our community. So, Many of my clients will call me and, and they want to work with me. And the first thing that they say to me is that they're feeling numb to life. Uh, it's not that they're necessarily going through a difficult time per se. Um, you know, you could feel numb after you've lost a loved one uh, as part of your grieving process. That's not the case here. Uh, it's more that they just feel dead inside. They, they don't feel like they have a spark. They feel like they're a robot and they're going through every day and every motion without feeling anything. Um, they may feel overwhelmed with everything they need to get done, uh, maybe with their jobs and their job responsibility, with the demands of their time. And to keep themselves going, they will provide solace to themselves by binge watching Netflix or playing online games. Um, and they're doing that so that they can escape this realization that they're starting to have, that they're really just a shell of a person going through life. Um, so this lack of connection is causing them to feel numb. 
About a year ago, I spoke at San Francisco State University to about 30 college kids. Um, the course was around spirituality, and I was a guest speaker talking about shamanism and, and what it was, and uh, also sharing my life journey. And I had, uh, there were two of us speaking that day. I had about 45 minutes to talk, and I finished my conversation uh, sharing and answered a couple questions, and then the second speaker went um, I ended up being there for over three hours. When the class ended, the kids lined up and uh, patiently waited to talk to me. I mean, there was a line of at least 20 kids waiting to talk to me. And I sat there and I talked to each one of them. Nearly every single one of them had had a major life event that had scarred them and traumatized them. And what they really wanted was someone to just listen to them and hear their story. These kids were standing in line. Some of them waited for over two hours to talk to me. And they stood in line and waited until they got in front of me so they could cry and have somebody console them and listen to them and hear them and feel their heart and their pain. Um, I listened. I gave hugs and love. I gave advice where it was appropriate. But really, what I did was just give them the space to share and feel heard, right? I tuned into my guides so I could determine the best possible response to each one. I couldn't do shamanic sessions there, but I did what I could to help them heal or at least feel heard. Um, we had to stop the conversations because the school was closing for the night, but it actually broke my heart to see these kids, these young adults who are just starting out on life and already feeling so disconnected and filled with so much pain and not knowing who to turn to or what to do about it. Uh, and so they will talk to a total stranger if that stranger will listen to them. Um, in, in situations like this, uh, when, I, when I'm working with a client, what I do is I work with them to help them rediscover their spark. And that's one thing that a shaman will do. The energy clearing, the, the extractions, the soul retrieval process are all really designed to help somebody reconnect to that spark and feel alive again. Um, it's connecting them to their being and their inner joy. Um, so that piece of soul that's brought back can help them feel whole. Um, the release of energy that they've been holding on to uh, around an event that hurt them years ago um, can, can actually then, by removing that, allow that spark to come forward. So, uh, for example, I had a client who had really felt disconnected from her life uh, for quite some time and didn't feel like herself. She had had broken off a relationship one year prior. Uh, and as I started to do the shamanic journey for her, I was given an image of a roller coaster and a piece of her soul came forward and said that the breakup was more than she could handle, that it was such a roller coaster of emotions that she left. Uh, so I worked with that piece of our soul. I brought, I healed it and then brought that piece of the soul back into the energy of my client. And that soul piece brought several gifts forward. Um, as I was working on this particular client, I was really having a difficult time connecting to her energy. And I had this vision of these huge rocks or boulders around her heart. Um, and she had actually built a wall around her heart, an energetic wall around her heart so that she was protected and wouldn't be hurt again. So that wall of rocks along with the missing soul piece really did not allow her to connect to her spark, to connect to her, her soul and shine. So when I removed the rocks 
and then strengthened her soul energy and then brought that together with a power animal uh, that was working with that would work with her to help her fully heal from the breakup and then move forward. Um, it had an almost immediate impact on my client's life. She emailed me back a couple days later and she said, my gosh, I've realized so many important things about myself. And for the first time, I'm feeling really positive about my life going forward. So really, really a good, um, a good example of how the things that we hold on to within our energy being can prevent us from fully living our lives, can prevent us from feeling our life. And that's one thing that a shaman will do to help uh, in today's society. Another thing that shamans can do, I mentioned before the break about this client of mine who had been diagnosed as being allergic to water uh, and she would have hives and welts and rashes and pain uh, whenever she had water touch her skin. Uh, the only treatment that the medical community could give her was some really heavy-duty antihistamines so that when she had to take a shower, for example, uh, she could she could take those uh, and, and be able to... Uh, minimize the, the pain to some extent. But even then, uh, when she called me, she said she was still in pain for days after taking a really quick shower. So we did a shamanic session together and I got a very clear message during the session um, that she had disconnected from part of herself and had an energetic imbalance as a result. So I worked with her to help rebalance that and, and got a message from my guides that she was healed, but it would take some time because of the work she needed to do and um, brought back a power animal, relayed all this to her and got a call from her a couple of days after, after the session uh, she was taking, she had taken her first shower since the session and uh, she had taken her, her antihistamines uh, as she had been told, but for the first time uh, since she had had this problem, she walked out of that shower and she did not have a single hive or welt on her. Um, so while she did her personal work, she was back and forth on that. But again, this idea of energy healing and helping people as we're dealing with the realities of our world today is something that shamanism is here for. So we're going to take another quick break. Uh, give me a call at 866-451-1451. Uh, and when we come back, we'll look at uh, other ways that shamanism is relevant in our world. Stay tuned. The earliest human societies worshipped a female goddess. Little is known about this time because we did not always have a written recorded history. It was around 3100 BC when the Sumerians invented the first written language and everything that preceded this time is prehistory. The prehistorical record includes all of women's unwritten history from 30,000 BC to the time that men began achieving political power around 3000 BC. Male feminist artist Kimberly Berg maintains a strong position in educating and inspiring both men and women through his devotional art to the goddess in all women. Studying their history is paramount to understanding who women were and who they would become later living in a patriarchal society. To learn more about this important time in our history, go to www.isisrising.net. 
Do you ever wonder why certain things are happening in your life? How to start a business or a new direction? Need answers? Astrologer Bonnie Perbula can help you reveal your true self and gain strength and focus so you can achieve greater joy and success. Working with a natal birth date, time, and location, Bonnie brings out qualities to aid you in getting the best from your life. She can help you unlock dormant traits to bring you greater awareness. Bonnie also conducts public speaking engagements to educate aspiring astrologers on their journey to the stars. A gifted artist, Bonnie bridges her talents and recently launched a line of Astro Bears, uniquely created in colors of individuals' astrology charts. She also makes one-of-a-kind necklaces of crystal beads and woven thread. To learn more about the world of Bonnie Prabula, go to BonnieGPrabula.com. And for astrology consulting, visit AstrologyConsultants.com or call or email her at 808-526-1536 or BonnieGP at AOL.com. And we're back. This is Living a Courageously Authentic Life, and I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And today we're talking about shamanism and the role it has in today's society. Um, before the break, we were talking about how shamanism can help with the physical disorders that people have as a result of the world that we live in today. And I shared a story around uh, someone who had an allergy to water. But it also can help with diseases that are, I'm going to say, more common or familiar to us, so such as cancer uh, or heart disease or high blood pressure, depression, anxiety. Uh, I've done sessions for all these different types of disorders and the type of messages that come forward help really get to, I'm going to say, the root cause or a major contributing factor to the disease or disorder that the person is suffering from. So for example, the person who had cancer actually didn't love herself. And I worked with her to help her learn how to love herself. Uh, and by not loving herself, she was opening the door, if you would, not saying that she caused this to come in, this disease to come in, but a lack of self-love can result in our cells mutating and not being happy uh, and turning into cancer. Um, I had a client with heart disease and what we discovered through working together was that a major trauma as a child led to a broken heart. Um, and that led to, uh, and contributed to, uh, the heart disease. Uh, anxiety came forward, uh, as, as a, a spirit situation where there were control and mental, uh, metal bands actually holding that person tight so that they couldn't fully go with the flow and, and be more relaxed. Um, so, in addition to physical disorders, though, another thing that I'm seeing and that shamanism can help with is people looking to better understand why they're here. So we're at a time in our civilization today where people are more conscious and they're actively wanting to do something meaningful with their lives. Uh, that's one of the beautiful things about our society today. Technology allows us to connect. It allows us to see where the world needs help, uh, where we need to save the environment or which animals need to be taken care of or people who are forgotten or overlooked or uh, prejudiced against or whatever it is that speaks to our heart, but we live in a world where we are far more aware of these things and our souls are crying out to help make a difference. So this question of why am I here and what am I supposed to be doing with my life has more pressure uh, and people are looking to figure it out. 
a shamanic session can help give answers to this. So during a session, I'll work with my guides to help channel messages and get visions or do some type of divination to get insights into life purpose. And I know we've talked about this on other shows, but what I've found is that our purpose is often pretty broad. So our purpose may be to heal or to protect or to guide or to teach. And it's really up to us as human beings on the planet to marry our passions and our skills and our gifts and our talents and our interests, all of those together so that that purpose makes that what we make of that purpose is something totally unique to us. So let me give you a couple examples around that so it'll be clear. So I had a client who was feeling really discouraged in her work and she felt that she needed to change to align with her purpose, but she didn't know what that was. And she had quite a bit of fear around this, which was holding her back. So during the session, I got a very clear message that the root of her fear was that she was afraid to stand on her own two feet. Uh, and I got also got a message that the life purpose for her was to heal hearts and minds. And as I shared that with her, she told me that she had been thinking of coaching and felt so much clearer about her path. Uh, we talked about focus and intention, and she realized that some of the things that she was passionate about, such as helping women and um, basically helping women succeed, were things that would help her live her life purpose about healing hearts and mind. So... She got very clear on her focus and intention, and soon after our call, an opportunity came through for her to pursue her coaching work, and she was able to look at that opportunity through the lens of, is this aligned with my purpose? Is this aligned with my passions and my interests? And as that opportunity came through, she was also able to look at her fear and say, Am I, is this a valid fear or is it something I can release? Um, Another client wanted to know uh, their purpose, and the message I received was that this person was an unveiler. They helped people see themselves in, new, in a new, clearer way so that the, the person could have greater insights into who they were. Uh, so we talked about how she could take that insight um, and use it even just in her everyday life so that when she's talking with people and people are working with her through her, her quote, day-to-day -day job, how she could bring that forward. Another thing that shamans can do in this world is um, help heal old and previous life wounds uh, so that someone can become stronger in this life. So as we've been growing and evolving, um, we're at a time now energetically and spiritually where we can heal backwards and forwards. So not just this life, but other lives that we've lived. And a couple examples here. I had one client who was having difficulties with her mother and um, wanted to know if she should basically walk away from the relationship with her mom. So I started the session and immediately there was this long line of women who showed up uh, to participate in the session, and they were her ancestors. And what they showed me was this particular problem, uh, energetic problem that had been going on from one generation to the next. And they showed me how it had impacted each, each generation within this particular family. So I worked during the session to heal the current relationship. Um, and to heal that issue, which allowed the healing to not only heal the current relationship, but heal all the way back uh, through the generations that had been impacted by this particular uh, situation. And quite frankly, had broken that cycle through the healing so that going forward, uh, she would not have that problem should she ever have a daughter. So 
once we finished the session, uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, her relationship with her mom improved drastically, uh, and they moved forward and started to have a much better, better relationship. We're going to take a quick break, but I'll share one more example about uh, past life healing and a current life when we come back. If you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 866-451-1451. We'll be right back. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted. And every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, know there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing, and it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed, hopeful, happy. Horses, mystical, present, past, and future, all in one. Wild, free, domestic, and healing for everyone. Betty Hames knows this and has put her horses to good use with Nature Connect Equine Coaching. Her mission is to help people affected by the loss of hope and trust in their lives and to rediscover the wonders of nature through nature-connected learning so they can rebuild their lives and live peacefully with newfound hope, trust, and joy. Betty Hames is also a certified elite life coach, a Washington State certified counselor, and chemical dependency professional. She is passionate about partnering nature with healing, and through horses, she sees amazing results and transformation in lives that might have otherwise been lost. Call 509-830-9225 and visit her at HamesLifeCoaching.com. Hold your horses. You're in for the ride of your life. Welcome back. We're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Jennifer Monahan, and you're listening to Living a Courageously Authentic Life, where today we are talking about shamanism and the role it has in today's society. Just before the break, we were talking about how shamanism can also help heal uh, generations of pain and uh, even pain from past or previous lives. And I uh, wanted to share just one more example with you. I had a client who called me up with severe abdominal pain. Uh, I started the session and was immediately brought into a past life of this person. And in that life, he had had a problem with a person who ended up stabbing him in the abdomen. Uh, it had been out of jealousy. And uh, obviously <laughs> caused pain in that life. But in this life, that same person was part of his life and was jealous of what was going on in his life at that time. And either knowingly or unknowingly was energetically re reigniting this wound that uh, my client had. So I worked on healing the wound from the past life, uh, healing it energetically. And then as the pain subsided in this life as a result of that wound and the healing work that was being done, then cut the connection between him and this other person since it was obviously an unhealthy one. Um, as a result, the, the pain was gone and he was able to move forward uh, without that connection damaging the work that he was doing in this life. 
So we've we've talked a lot today about shamanism and the role in today's world. Uh, and I think the bottom line is that shamanism is much more needed and far more relevant today than it's ever been in the past. People are suffering from a lack of connection to themselves, to others, and to nature. Um, and this lack of connection uh, and this isolation is really manifesting as a number of different diseases and disorders. This feeling of being dead inside, uh, this feeling of maybe not even having a, a purpose or a reason for being here. Um, we're seeing people wanting to have more fulfilling and purposeful lives, but they don't know how to get there. They don't know how to start. Um, and as people are growing into their purpose and they're expanding their consciousness, old wounds are coming up. They're, they're seeing um, things that need to be healed within them, whether it's from this life or a previous life or something that's been going on in their family for generations, these old wounds that need to come up and be healed. These are all things that a shaman can help with that, quite frankly, weren't really part of our society, um, you know, a thousand years ago. So Shamanism is extremely relevant today and can help with all of the challenges that people are facing today. I want to thank you for listening and um, ask if you have any questions to please email me at admin at spiritevolution.co and I'm happy to answer them on the air or privately through email. Uh, and if you are looking to change your life, if you're looking to grow and expand and, and really live the life that you are meant to based around your purpose, take some take a moment and check out my online course, uh, which takes you through the six steps. Or I just recently announced a retreat down here in Guatemala for the middle of July, where we're going to spend six days and seven nights exploring the steps necessary to live a purpose-driven life and actually uh, visit a number of the sites here and connect with the energy and do ceremony and things like that. So check that out as well. Uh, and if you have questions about either the course or my, my retreat, feel free to shoot me an email at admin at spiritevolution.co. Thanks for listening. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about uh, something that maybe doesn't sound quite aligned to living a courageous life, and that is death and the role that death has in helping us live courageously. I hope you join me and uh, we'll continue to explore what it means to live a courageously authentic life. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. This has been Living a Courageously Authentic Life with host Jennifer Monahan. Listen each week as Jennifer helps you get down to the core of who you are, discover and connect to your inner spark, and bring that forward consistently and consciously in your day-to-day -day life. Here on Jennifer Monahan's Living a Courageously Authentic Life. been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.